I'm excited tonight personally for those that don't know, uh, you should know by now, but if you don't, my name is Sir Walter Scott III. Uh, pastor at Abounding Grace Family Worship Center, and I'm excited tonight to be able to be joined with my lovely wife, Pastor Patience. Good evening. Yeah, and so uh, we have a word together tonight that we want to be able to share with you um, uh, from the heart of God. And so uh, last Wednesday was actually uh, on the Hebrew calendar, it was Passover, but uh, we dealt with the word uh, called warring with prayer and with fasting. And so just really encouraging people, just understanding that, you know, prayer and fasting together um, can really be weaponized in the kingdom. And we looked at the lives of Esther, Daniel, and of course, none other than Jesus Christ and how they, uh, you know, how they were productive and how they got victory through prayer and fasting. Because we do understand that this is a warring season and we are a warring, we are an army of Christ. Uh, we are a body, uh, but we are also a bride that wars. And so we're continuing on. Uh, with just that kind of that mindset of war, um, because, you know, we want people to understand the weapons of our warfare. The weapons that we've been given are not carnal. And so uh, tonight, uh, maybe some of you saw in the thumbnail, but tonight we're going to be dealing together with um, warring with prayer and agreement. agreement. So we're going to be dealing with agreement tonight. And so uh, 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 I want to begin with this statement right here, and then uh, we're going to be approaching it from two two perspectives as far as for prayer and agreement. Uh, we're going to be dealing from a personal level uh, in interpersonal relationships, and then we're going to be dealing with a corporate perspective as well, uh, just the power of agreement that is available. Um, but I want you just to, I just want to plant this thought in you right here, uh, that this time that we're in, this season that we're in right now as a church, it is not a casual time. Yes. It's not just a casual time for the church. What it is, it really is, it's a covenant time. So just encourage yourself by saying that it is a covenant time for me. It is a covenant time for yeah, me. Yeah, and it's a covenant time for us. And so, uh, and again, I want to give you this thought before I uh, um, give way to my wife here. But, you know, I mentioned it, that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. And we understand that they're not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. But then uh, the weapons that we've been given, uh, they're not carnal, but they're also not toys. Mm. <laughs> They're not toys. So, uh, uh, of course, we still love, we celebrate, we have joy. Uh, but I want to admonish and encourage with this. Don't toy with what should be warred with. That's good. And so if it's a weapon, one thing that's encouraged for people that understand, you know, how potent a weapon can be, especially if it's around a child, they let them know specifically and say, hey, you know what? This is not a toy. This is something that is a weapon. And so just to encourage you to encourage all of us uh, that what God has given us is not something that we just want to take lightly. We don't want to just play around with it yes. and, 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 you know, misuse or misabuse or, or abuse what God has given us. But we understand strategically, you know, how to be able to use the weapons and, you know, how the enemy comes at us and then how to use the weapons appropriately. So, again, we don't want to toy with what we're supposed to war with. And so... Uh, Again, I know you got your notepads available, ready to rock and roll, and let's just get ready to uh, jump right in. Amen. Amen. So even just with that said, um, I know since we've been quarantined and um, having to uh, abide by these restrictions to be within, you know, Holy Spirit's just really been taking me back to just the fundamentals, the basics. And, you know, I just begin to think about how I've never been a part of any organization, any team that I played on where I was not administered um, some type of employee handbook or yeah. a playbook um, and he's been reminding me go back to the beginning patients go back um, and I was just laughing with you earlier about that that song take me back to, oh, yeah. to that to that place where <laughs> I first you know saw you where I first believed and um, so tonight what I would like to do is um, as we talk about warring with prayer and agreement I want to talk about that personal uh, perspective of agreement that we come into with the father um, and you know as we have um, entered into that covenant relationship through uh, sonship. Um, you know, when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we can't enter into a blood covenant relationship. Yeah. And immediately we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We became, uh, we were made in his image and in his likeness. And so part of knowing that weaponry that we've been provided for uh, and provided with, we got to know how to use that. So I want to remind you of some personal things that you need to do um, in order to keep um, your your prayer walk and your agreement in intact. So the first point I want to give you is this. 
First of all, as members of the body of Christ, I have to understand what my measure of rule is. I mm. have to I have to know what I've been giving authority um, over. I have to know how to activate that um, authority um, and how to do it, uh, you know, upon demand. Yeah. Um, you know, I had been dealing with some physical challenges in my body this week, and when I woke up this morning, <laughs> I looked in the mirror and I saw that there was a cold sore that was beginning to come on my lip. And I looked at it and I was like, oh no, not today. That's right. And so the first thought that came into my mind was when Jesus cursed the fig tree. And so I looked at it and I said, you die. I curse you right now at the root. <laughs> and so I could just feel, you know, the different symptoms in my body as I was maneuvering through the day. But I stood fast, held fast in faith that I believed that by his stripes I was healed. Yeah. So again, using it and being able to activate that upon demand. And I'm staying here before you now with no cold sore, Come no on. symptoms in my body. So um, the first point I want to give you is this. Faith begins where the will of God is known. That is so good. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So even just for me to exercise my faith this morning on a little cold sore on my body, if I did not know it was God's will to heal my body, I would not know that I have access to that. Yeah. And I could exercise that authority I'm here in the earth. The second thing is, it takes faith to pray. <laughs> like, I know that sounds elementary, but it took us, it took faith just to even... Um, confess out of our mouth the prayer of salvation. Yeah. That was like the first step, but it takes faith to pray. And just like, you know, I was given a playbook or I give an employee handbook, he gave us the word of God. And then, like, to me, now is not the time to be making up your own prayers. Right. You know, this is not something, you know, now lay me down to sleep. No, 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 no. We need something else that is going to fortify you for what uh, is coming. And so, um, <laughs> Jesus was wise when he gave us a model prayer. So I encourage you, you may be in your walk and you might say, hey, I'm new to this thing or I, I don't even know what you're talking about. But he gave us a model prayer in Matthew 6. That's not my assignment tonight to go through that. But I want you to know that that is there for you to use that as a model. And you're praying an effective prayer when you do that. Yeah. Um, this just came to my mind earlier and I just kept hearing him say it, but I'm just going to say it like I heard it. He said he's looking for eligible receivers. Um, you got to think about this because it takes faith to pray. I got to believe what I'm praying. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I'm not just praying for something. My expectation is that I'm going to receive that what I am you know, believing for. Huh. So he's he's looking for eligible receivers. And eligible. I want you to ask yourself right now, am I an eligible receiver? Um I know some of a football, but this is what is in my mind when I heard it. Come on, bring um, it. <laughs> you know, a quarterback is always looking, you know, down the field to see who he can throw, who's who's eligible, who's open for uh, from in order for me to be able to receive this this ball. And this ball, I'm going to liken it to, is our faith, because you know, if you remember, um, Jesus, he admonished Peter. He said. Um, the enemy is looking to sift you like wheat, but mm -hmm. I prayed for you, Peter, in advance that your faith fell not. Yeah. And so we have to know that as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we have, um, we have, uh, we have backup. Mm -hmm. Okay, Holy Spirit, he, he, He's ever um, working to, to pray for us um, when we don't even know how we need to pray. But He said, I pray that your faith fell not. And so the word is coming across. Um, I don't want you to get weary in the prayers that you have prayed, right? He said, don't get weary. He said, no, in due season, it's going to come to pass. And so with that, He's looking for eligible receivers. And I was like, okay, so what does that look like? Well, first of all, in order to be an eligible receiver, I have to know what I need to receive. Because yeah. our enemy's always coming to either strip the ball out of our hand. Again, this is like faith. He's always coming to make us doubt or believe that what I said, maybe it wasn't good enough. Or maybe um, I, didn't, I didn't say it like the person at church said it. Or I didn't do it like she did it. Let me tell you something. God is not moved by volume. <laughs> He's moved by the heart. Yeah. And when we pray in agreement with His word, He hears that. So I want to encourage you first, stay in faith. Okay, so as an eligible receiver, our faith can only work by love. Mm. How's your love walk? We know that God, He is the author of love. He is, he is love. So I can't say, you know, God is love. I'm walking in faith 
and I'm not walking in love. Right. Because if that's the case, then I'm not walking with God. <laughs> and so I can't come and say, he, um, he who comes to God must believe that he is, right? So, but I have to come under the conditions to meet that requirement. And I have to make sure that my love is intact in order for me to remain an eligible receiver. So think about, um, we want to make sure that we keep our hearts pure. <laughs> oh my God, keep your heart pure. In this time where we're having to be so close uh, with uh, loved ones and right. you're making sure that, you know, um, well, it's his fault, it's her fault. No, 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 no. Whatever you can do, squash it. You know, apologize, be willing. You know, it says be, um, be angry, but sin not. Right. Right? And so we have, even in our household, we talk about the truth and love, how we can, we can say something, um, we can say it in the, an attitude of love, we can speak the truth, um, but we remain with our heart pure, knowing that we have the best the other's best interest at heart, right? Absolutely. And so, again, our faith can only work by love, but we want to make sure that our heart is pure. So whoever you need to forgive, forgive. Yeah. Don't allow the enemy to put things and blow things up in your mind um, about uh, this or that. We want to make sure that we keep our ear free and our heart pure so that we are able to receive the instructions so that when they're given... Amen. Like stay eligible. Yeah. yeah. So again, being an eligible receiver, okay? Um, and then our faith for the promises of God, because now that we know what the will of God is known in his word, our faith is fueled by hearing the word of God. Yeah. Um, you know, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing. And so I need to make sure, like even now, like even as I'm doing my work or what have you, I'll have the word of God just plain because it keeps my heart encouraged. So then when something does arise and I have to go to him in, in faith, there's a, a certain level of confidence, assurance, right. um, because one, I've, I've physically uh, made a, a deposit of his word. So then when the demand comes, then the withdrawal of his word comes out of my mouth. Yeah. So um, I want to make sure that I keep that uh, steady diet of hearing his word over and over and over. And so what when I when I do this, what it does is it causes me to start to become in agreement with his word. Okay? The more I hear it, I know when we first got saved, you heard a word, okay, it could be about giving. Okay, well, I'm not sure about giving. Okay, well, then I start giving. Um, I might do it one time, I might do it two times, but then the more I do it, I get That's into a, a you yeah. know, I might I get into a more of a routine and then you know it's just like riding a bike, you know. I, you know, you kind of fall off and you get back on. But the more you do it, you're exercising those faith muscles um, for that particular area. And so in that, um, in hearing God's word, it starts to produce something in me. And it produces agreement. I was thinking <laughs> about even, you know, for, you know, for us, you know, when we first met, yeah. you know, and I'm just learning more about you, you gave me some life statements that you had of your own. Yeah, and so what the life statements were um, was just, you know, based upon the word of God, and I kind of put it in my own words, but just really just made some declarations about what God says about me. And so uh, it wasn't just statements, but it was statements that gave me life and then produced the life. So it gave me life, and then out of that, more life was able to be produced as well. And so the more I, I read those, and this was prior to us, um, we were engaged then, but the more I read them, the more I began to see um, that on his life. And then the more I begin, and then I started to begin to confess those things. Okay. This was the word according to Sir Walter, but it was according <laughs> to the word of God. And in doing that, um, I started repeating them out of my mouth. And then I noticed once we got married, when stuff happened, that was what was coming out because that right. was what I had planted on the inside of me. And so now is a time that it's almost like, well, the real you stand up. Well, really what it is, it's really where the real God in you stand up. So how big is your God in you um, being able to stand up at a time like this? And so hmm. what is agreement? What does that look like? The word agree says either to be in harmony of opinion, that's my thought, mm. harmony in my actions, that's what I'm doing, and then harmony in my character, that's who I am. So that all comes into divine alignment with, in this case, with the word of God, what I'm putting on the inside. Thought, action, character. So my opinion, my mm -hmm. thought, my character, 
and my action. Mm -hmm. All right. And so again, with faith um, coming by hearing and hearing and, he and hearing the word of God, faith then has these functionalities where it begins to hear, it sees, and it does. And that's mm -hmm. causing my thoughts, my actions, my character to now become in agreement and alignment with his word. Yeah. <laughs> and the scripture that, um, that I hold dear in my heart um, is a scripture that we stood upon even when we came together for marriage. Yeah. And... And I and I and I say this for marriage, but prior to my husband coming um, into my life, I had already made a decision that I was going to agree with God um, in His Word. And because I did that, we, me and God, we became the majority, right? So this is not just this agreement is not based upon whether or not you're married. No, actually, the scripture doesn't reference anything to marriage. It's just it's that agreement with God, yes. as you said in the Word. Yep. And then if you're able to find another person who, another eligible receiver, who's able to come <laughs> in agreement with you so um, regarding that, that, you know, regarding that particular thing, then they come in agreement with that as well. And so the scripture that I want to go to before I let him uh, share more is in Ma Matthew 18, 19. Yeah. And, and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. It says, again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and Everything they may ask, it will come to pass. Ah, it will come to pass and it. be done for them by my Father in heaven. And as I read this today, you know, um, the, the word agree in the Greek is symphony. And, you know, in mm. here, in this translation, it talks about how we harmonize together. We make a, a symphony together. It's a symphony. What we're doing is we're, we're becoming one sound. Yeah, and so yeah, when yeah. God and when God hears that one sound, he becomes an agreement. <laughs> really, what he's doing is he's seeing himself. Right. He's seeing himself and he says, I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. then he dispatches angels or whatever is necessary to come to our to our aid, to our assistance. Mm -hmm. You remember when Jesus told the disciples, he said, if you've seen me. You've seen, seen the, the Father. Father. Yeah. And we can have that same attitude that, hey, I'm, I'm declaring your word. I come in agreement with your word. I come in the volume, the book that's written of me based upon what your word says. Right, so right. therefore, when the enemy sees us, they see him. They see him. <laughs> so, you know, we can't, we, can't, we can't be stopped. And so what is this producing in me uh, when I'm harmonizing together? I'm making this one sound because I'm in agreement with his word. It's producing confidence. Mm. And see, um, before I can come together wow. corporately with a body or an entity, I must develop that confidence in my, with myself first. Yeah. You know, i got to first be able to have faith to take authority over cold sore, you know, before I might reach out to pray for somebody else. You know, um, i got to know how to pick up his word. When I said it's not the time to be uh, making up your own prayers, you have... A handbook. You have 66 books of the Bible. I'm not saying you have to know all of them. I'm not saying you have to know where everything is found. You can Google uh, a, a, a scripture verse if necessary. But you go to this book and you pray out his word and you are praying in direct agreement, the direct will of God. But the more I hear the <laughs> word of God and the more I do this because it's shaping my thoughts, my character, my actions, then it produces confidence. Yeah. So the last scripture that I want to share with them right now is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this confidence also develops by, you know, meditating on the word. <laughs> you know, I was telling Yeah, you have to, because that's where the nourishment comes. Um, I was telling the girls the other day, I said, you know, they're chewing their food in their mouth I said, you know, even though it was healthy for them, I said, it, if they never take the time to swallow it, it will never provide or release the nutrients to their system that is needed. Um, and it's the same thing with the Word of God. Um, you know, even in this time, you guys could have five different screens open and you could choose that meal, this meal, this meal, or whatever meal as it pertains to listening to various speakers. You know what I'm saying? But we have to be sensitive to what we're hearing um, and know how to meditate on that one word that he gives. He says, give us this day right. our daily bread. So whatever's going to be needed. So in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says this. 
and I'm reading from the Amplified. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. So now that I know that I am praying according to his will, there's a certain level of boldness that is added to me, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make <laughs> any request according to his will in agreement, in agreement with wow. his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And verse 15, I'm sorry, that was verse 14, but in verse 15 it says, And if since we positively know that he listens to us and whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possession the request made, made of, of him. him. Yeah. So that lets me know that because I am praying according to his will, I, as an eligible receiver, my heart is clean. Yeah. As an eligible receiver, I'm keeping kindness on my lips. As an eligible receiver, <laughs> I'm walking in love. As an eligible receiver, I'm choosing to forgive others quickly. You know, exactly. I can, yeah, yeah, and I let things go. That when I ask anything according to his word, he hears me. But then he says, listen, you have confidence now that you have what it is that you've asked of me. Mm. I may not physically see it in my hands at this point, but I have that. That's where that faith is. That rest. And I keep holding on to that ball. Yeah. Until I receive the full manifestation of what it is that I'm believing God for. So those are things that we can do individually. Um, when I have confidence like that, now when I come to the table with my husband, it's like, well, let's go. Like, what? There's nothing impossible. There's nothing that we can't, you know, accomplish together. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, go for it. Yeah, and so, um, you know, it was just one word that kept jumping out to me in both of the scriptures. Um, but it was that word, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever really jumped out, you know, jumped out. And so it's something that God looks to be able to demonstrate himself faithful uh, so that way you understand it personally, individually. But then as my wife said, you know, as we come together corporately, um, it's a different kind of power that's available uh, once you come together with somebody else who, who is eligible, who's in agreement, like-minded uh, yeah, like and who's in agreement with you. And so uh, I want us to take a look at the church in agreement. Um, it was interesting. Yesterday, I received a phone call. And, you know, it's different when it comes from WhatsApp, because normally, uh, you, you know, for those that have friends that live overseas, uh, you know, WhatsApp is a, is a very convenient way to be able to have a phone call. So I received a phone call uh, last night, but the person was calling, you know, on their time zone. It was the morning time. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I received it and, you know, they were just letting me know. It's like, hey, you know, we see what's happening in the United States. Uh, and the United States has been a blessing to so many other nations, but I just want to let you know that we're praying for the United States. And so uh, that was encouraging. So we had an opportunity, you know, I found out, you know, what was going on in their nation. And I was sharing with them what's happening in our state yes. and in our nation as well. And then we were able, you know, before the end of the phone call, I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and let's just pray right now. And so we were able to be in agreement for each other, yes. um, for each other's families, the ministries um, that we were a part of. And then as well as praying for, you know, the nation and government leaders. And so uh, when the church, when different members of the body of Christ, when we get together in agreement, uh, it's an infusion of that faith. It's an infusion yes. of that power. And so uh, the Bible actually tells us, you know, gives us an example of the multiplied effect by saying that one can put a thousand to flight, but two, uh, it gets 10 times greater, it can put 10,000 to flight. And so uh, we're going to take a look. We're going to dig a little bit in Acts chapter 12. So go to Acts chapter 12. I'm actually going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Um, but again, get that faith in motion. Get that faith in motion. Get that faith in action. And then we're going to see when you got people that come together what it can produce. Amen. Yes. So uh, bear with me. We're going to read you know, several verses. So it's going to be Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. We're going to do a little bit of study. Uh, just a little bit of study here. Um, but I'm, again, I'm reading from the ESV, and so it says this, and your translation might read differently, but follow along. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. Now, this was a different Herod than the one that you might be familiar with when Jesus was a baby. Uh, this was actually that Herod's uh, grandson. Uh, so now about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Verse 3, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, 
he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. So just underline or highlight the mm -hmm. days of unleavened bread. We're going to come back to that point. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him. This is Peter delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. We're going to pause right there just for a little bit so I can give you some context. So again, uh, this was another King Herod who was the grandson of the first King Herod uh, that we know about. And so uh, this was taking place. Of course, last Wednesday was the beginning of Passover. Mm -hmm. So this uh, is about the same season, about the same, within the same time period of when this event was actually occurring. So, uh, so um, Peter... First of all, James, uh, you know, the brother of John was killed, was murdered, and then it pleased the Jewish people. And so this this person, King Herod, you know, he was familiar with, as a matter of fact, he was a Jew uh, himself by, by faith. But then, you know, he had some other funky stuff, you know, going on with him <laughs> as well. Uh, but anyways, uh, that was negative agreement. And so now yeah. he took, um, yeah, because you can agree negatively. Right. But we want to talk about agreement positively together based upon the heart of God. Yes. And so we'll see this power in action. But then they had, um, they arrested Peter. They put him in prison and they said it was four squads. So in essence, it was 16 soldiers that would make rounds to guard Peter to make sure that he didn't escape or no one would try to come to his rescue. Um, but rescue was about to take place. So we see here, verse five, I want to read it again. So Peter was kept in prison. But earnest prayer, earnest prayer, earnest prayer for him was made to God. And who was praying for him? The church. Yes. The body, the local body of Christ, the local body. So the local church is important. Yes. We thank God for what's taking place globally. But the local church, the local fellowship that you are a part of, uh, or if you're not a part of, if you might be distant or looking for a place, I want to encourage you to get connected to a local fellowship because yes. we're going to see what that agreement, that covenant agreement, what that power and prayer can actually produce. Verse six. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out, so Peter was arrested, right? So Herod was about to bring him out on that very night. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. So get this picture here. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and he was bound with two chains. So Peter was bound up within two strong chains and he was asleep between two soldiers who were right next to him and centuries before the door. So Peter was in two chains and he had two soldiers, one on the one side and one on the other. And then there were two prisoners on the other side of the door. So you've got all this uh, trying to make sure that there was no rescue taking place for Peter. Same thing that happened for Jesus. Yeah, same thing for Jesus, right? Yeah. So when Jesus was was in the tomb, they had a garrison, uh, you know, they had a squadron there yeah. to be able to watch, watch for him. But check this out. So again, and centuries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, and behold, and behold, see, and behold, an angel of the Lord shows up in the middle of the prison. An angel of the Lord stood next to him. And a light shone in the cell. I like how it says this. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. It's almost like hit him. It's like, come on, Peter. And woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel, verse 8, and the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you, that cloak, that mantle. Another story, another time, but wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. Yes. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. Okay. All right. And so verse 10, when they had passed the first and the second guard, <laughs> they came to the iron gate leading into the city. So, so, so you got Peter was in chains. He was in between two 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 prisoners, uh, two uh, two, guards. Uh, two guards. Then there was two more guards on the outside, and there was an iron gate. Wait. So now you got all this taking place. So now the threat that he was right. The threat to the iron gate leading into the city. He it opened for them on its own accord. They didn't even touch the gate. The angel didn't touch it. Peter didn't touch it. The gate 
open. The gates opened. The gates opened, though no person touched it. It opened on its own accord. An inanimate object now has its own accord to open. We'll come back to that. And they went out and went along one street. And immediately, once he got out to the street, the angel left him. Verse 11. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure, that's that assurance, that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And then we're going to stop at verse 12. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Oh, yes. Come on. So now when you got the church praying, things happen, things take place. So that is powerful. So I believe uh, before we come, matter of fact, I don't know, is there something you want to? No, go ahead. Uh, I just want us to pin this thought right now as far as for just the gates that were open as a result. But I want to go back to another thought here. Uh, because in Acts chapter 12, I see significance. Uh, it was in verse verses three there when it stated that this took place during the days of unleavened bread now this is actually an ordained seven day for those that have never heard of the uh, feast or the days of unleavened bread it's actually a feast time in association with passover passover was last week and uh, i've seen in some hebrew calendars that tonight uh is the end of the the days of unleavened bread and so that is a very powerful thought and so uh, these feast times are ordained times of the Lord where the assembly is supposed to gather together and, and God moves and God speaks and God does what he does. So it's, it's something that that's based upon God's calendar. And so I just want to summarize unleavened bread for those that have never heard it. Um, it's actually seven days that they shall eat the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is just bread without yeast. It's the it's that flat bread. No time to rise. And so uh, it's seven days. They were given an instruction in Exodus. Uh, chapter 12, they were, uh, you know, doing after the 10 plagues, um, there was a 10th plague that was yet to come when the death angel was going to pass, pass over uh, whoever he saw the blood, whoever's homes where he saw the blood. Uh, but then they were all supposed to prepare um, to eat this flat bread. And then it's like, look, in essence, have your clothes on because you're getting ready to leave. Yes, be ready. Yeah, be ready because you're getting ready to exit. And then we saw this angel in, in, in Acts 12 tell Peter the same things like, look, get your stuff on. We getting ready to go. We getting ready. I want to encourage you right now. Yes. Get girded up in the spirit because yes. we getting ready to go. All right. But let me let me let, let me study. Let me study. Study. All right. So again, the feast of unleavened bread or the days of unleavened bread is the seven days where they shall eat unleavened bread. God instituted this. I'm just giving a summary, but you can read more about it. Um, and then God also says this because uh, he was telling Moses to tell the people. Um, so you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread for on the same day. I have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. So God's saying on the same day, I'm bringing you out of the oppression of Egypt. And then he also told them this. Now for seven days, there should be no unleavened bread in your house. So in other words, uh, eat the unleavened bread. I mean, there should be no leavened bread in your house and make sure that there's no leaven anywhere in your home. So if you see it, burn it, throw it out, burn it. And so, yeah, and Jesus talks about yes. leaven. And so what leaven, uh, that's a traditional sense. Uh, but what leaven actually what we know represents and Jesus lets us know and the word of God lets us know uh, that leaven is very symbolic of sin. Yes. It's symbolic of sin. And so, uh, you know, the Bible uh, lets us know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, Jesus even said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning yes. that their, their teaching will keep you bound up. And Jesus was all about freeing. He was all about deliverance. And we see where, where Peter was freed uh, in the midst of the days of the unleavened bread. And so uh, there's there's one part, uh, you know, because the significance uh, with the unleavened bread today, God wants us, as my wife mentioned, that's why we have to walk purely. That's why we have to walk free from uh, 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 anything that would try to keep us bound up, you know, the unforgiveness, things of that nature. And so that's why we want to make sure that we live lives that are unleavened, mm. that there's not the pride of life, that there's not the lust of the flesh and things of that nature. And so I do want to read this scripture. We read Acts chapter 12, but I want us to read Exodus 12. But then these particular verses right here, Exodus chapter 12, verses 33 through 36. 
And it says this, and again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. This is Exodus chapter 12, verses 33 through 36. And it says, then the Egyptians, because God had given them these instructions, and so this is what they did, and so this was that night. Then the Egyptians, uh, because the tenth plague had already come, the firstborns of, of the Egyptians, as well as their firstborn cattle, everything that was firstborn, if it did not have the blood, it died. Yeah. And so now Moses came back to Pharaoh and then all the Egyptians, they were like, look, get out of here. And so we'll see this. The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all be dead. Verse 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up with in their cloaks and on their shoulders. Here we got that cloak again, right? The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them. I'm going to repeat that again. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them. Yes. For they had asked the Egyptians. There's that, there's that agreement as well. For they had asked the Egyptians. This is what Moses told them. For they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So that they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So again, we have that whatever uh, again here even in the Old Testament. We have whatever they asked that my wife talked about in Matthew chapter 8. In First John, Matthew chapter 18. 18. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. Here we see in Exodus chapter 12, whatever they asked for. Whatever they asked for. They was like, you know, Moses told them, look, ask for the silver, ask for the gold jewelry. And get you some clothes too. Yes. Whatever they asked. And God gave them favor. So now, uh, again, God told the children of Israel to exit Egypt and don't even wait for the bread to rise. That's there was no leaven. Mm -hmm. And so the plagues had hit the land of the Egyptians. And with that one last most devastating one, the Egyptians wanted Israel gone immediately. And then, of course, God told Moses to tell Israel to ask the Egyptians for gold and silver and for clothing, and God gave them whatever they asked, whatever they asked. Somebody just say whatever they asked. Whatever they asked. Yeah. And I like it says they because it was a corporate thing. Yes. It was a corporate thing. But they were obedient. Yeah, but they were obedient. So now when we parallel this, let's parallel this now Exodus chapter 12 where we see the unleavened bread to Acts chapter 12 where we see the unleavened, the days of unleavened bread. And you see some similarities uh, in, in these two texts of scripture. But then we also know that today uh, we're celebrating, uh, not officially as believers, we don't have to go through the rituals, but today marks, uh, you know, the end in many Hebrew calendars, the end of unleavened bread. So yes. there's some things that's about to, to bust open uh, from the heart of God. So once we know it, once we are aware, we can attach faith and be in agreement yes. with what God has established. Because when there's patterns, when there's patterns of things that you might see in, in, in the Bible, God is looking to reproduce some more testimonies again yes. in this hour. Yes. So it wasn't just for Moses and the children of Israel. It wasn't for the first century church and Peter, but it's for the church that's now, now. Yes. and for you and for me and for us. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. So somebody again, just say whatever they ask. Whatever they ask. Yeah. Whatever I ask. So again, we know that uh, leaven represents sin. And so what I just believe that God is saying to the church today, for us as Christians, be unleavened. Be pure, as my wife uh, mentioned. Be righteous. And then whatever you agree with, this is for now. For whatever you agree with, it shall be done for you. But that's part, that's a part of that. that. That's that conditionality to make sure that we stay unleavened, to make sure that we stay pure. And so, again, I personally believe that the congregation that we read about in Acts chapter 12, I've heard it interpreted different ways, but God just kind of, you know, uh, I, I, I just believe that I had a different perspective on it. And so, I, again, I believe that the church, the congregation, the local church, the local congregation in Acts chapter 12 may have included in their prayers because we see in verse 5. Let me read verse 5 again. And it says, so Peter was kept in prison in Acts chapter 12. You can go back to Acts chapter 12 now. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Yeah. All right, so that's verse 5. And then verse 12, it says this. 
you know, after he had the vision and all that and, and showed up at the house, it says, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. So we have earnest prayer to God from the church. And then Peter actually shows up. Uh, as a result of the angel coming forth, bringing about deliverance. And so angels are all involved with agreement. Yes. Woo! Because they partner, they partner, they agree with what God says yeah. that comes out of our mouth. Hearken to the voice of his word. Yeah, they hearken to the voice of his yeah. word coming that he speaks, yes. but then that especially that comes out of our mouths. Yeah. Because they, uh, part of their assignment is to assist us here on earth. That's right. Come on, that's that agreement. And so, again... Uh, I just believe, uh, based upon what we see here, that part of the prayer, part of the prayer uh, of that church, of that, that local congregation, the local congregation, which is like, Lord, because you know sometimes how we can get to praying, Lord, send your angels. God, we thank you for deliverance and send your angels. And I believe, based upon that prayer, that an angel showed up, didn't even have to ask for permission, yes. showed up in the midst of Peter's imprisonment, in the midst of Peter's captivity, and starts giving Peter instructions like, hey, come on, get your clothes on, get your cloak. Like the same way that the children of Israel had to get their cloaks in Exodus chapter 12, so that way they can get their escape, uh, the angel was telling Peter, like, come on, get your cloak, get your stuff with you, it's time for us to go, time for us to get out of here. And so uh, we didn't read the whole chapter, but the whole chapter is actually phenomenal because when Peter actually shows up uh, at the door, he shows up at the gate of Mary's home, there was this girl servant named Rhoda. Yeah. And then uh, Peter, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, he was like, hey, Rhoda, it's me. Rhoda gets so excited uh, and she's like, yo, Peter? She leaves Peter at the door still on the outside and goes and tells the, that yes. local congregation, that fellowship, that body. It's like, hey, Peter is outside. Peter and they were like man that's not Peter and she kept insisting and saying look P no Peter is here and this is how I know that they must have prayed for angels uh, because they said this no it must be his angel that's what they're expecting yeah, yeah, yeah. it must be his angel now this is why I believe that because uh I believe that they had asked for an angel because when 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 Rhoda told him it was Peter they said no nah, you know what? it's his angel so in other words, it's like, look, we believe that there was going to be freedom and breakthrough for Peter. We agree. We know that that's the heart, 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 heart of God for Peter to be set free and to be delivered. And so we were praying earnestly, praying earnestly, God, do whatever you need to do. Send an angel. And so when Peter actually shows up, maybe they weren't expecting Peter um, um, because, you know, Peter probably could have gone some other place. But by the fact that he showed up at the door, they were like, ah, nah, but... Maybe it was his angel yeah. that was setting him free. Maybe that was the angel that showed up to be able to communicate that Peter was free. But then Rhoda was like, nah, <laughs> it's not his angel. This is Peter himself. Yeah. This is Peter himself. And then they got so excited, they all ran. And Peter was like, shh, shh, I'm here. Yes. I'm here. So again, they got not only what they asked for, an angel showed up. Uh, but they got even more than what they asked for. Peter himself showed up at the door. Angel showed up in the prison. Opens, opens up, uh, opens prison doors, set the caps to free, yes. as the song says. So uh, they got more than what they asked for. The angel showed up in the prison, she, and Peter showed up in person. <laughs> so I, I want to encourage you with this. Some of you may want to keep an eye on your gates. Mm. You may want to keep an eye on your gates because what you are asking for can show up in a manner that you didn't expect. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. So you might just want to keep a lookout as far as for any packages or what just might be presented, what might, what might show up in your eye gates. Let's, let's use that illustration. What you might wind up seeing because I just believe in this season because it's feast time season, y'all. <laughs> it's the spring's feast that are yes. upon us that kicked it off with... Uh, um, um, Passover last week and so we're in the midst of concluding the Feast of Unleavened Bread and so and we've as a ministry we've been talking about keep your heart pure or turning over the soil thing, things of that nature so God has, has been working his word and his presence in the midst of us and so um, again the specific word uh, that I believe God spoke to me that I share with my wife so that way she could be in agreement uh, you know I believe God placed it upon my heart and if it resonates with you uh, then receive it 
But I heard this word after I was like, God, what is it about unleavened bread? Unleavened, unleavened, unleavened. Unleavened bread as far as for the season, not just the bread, but the season. And then tying in Exodus 12 and then Acts chapter 12. And he was like, oh, and then I believe he started opening my eyes and saying, hey, you know what? It's yours for the asking. Hmm. That whatever is yours for the asking, come on somebody. It's mine for the that asking. That whatever yeah. is yours for the asking but this is what i realized that this wasn't just just me alone but i'm like man you know what? I'm, I'm partnering with my with my eligible receiver with with someone who i know will be in agreement with what god spoke to my heart uh and then in essence us and so um but again this is a qualifying statement when you hear it's yours for the asking so again you could just say it's mine for the asking it's mine for or the it's asking. ours for, it's the ours asking. for the asking come on it's yeah. yours for the asking that whatever category is yours but it comes as a qualifying statement so again this word uh, again might not pertain to every single body some people still have some you know steps to kind of go through maybe some more things to kind of you know clear up but that's totally fine you're on your way and so, but again, when you hear it's yours for the asking, this isn't a rubber lamp, rubber lamp, genie type of request. Oh man, it's mine for the asking. Let me just make three wishes. Nah, that's not what we do. Yeah. That's not how we operate. Yeah. That's toying. That's toying with prayer and agreement. We're talking about warring yes. with prayer and agreement. Consistently saying. Yeah, consistently saying. And so again, we don't toy with this. Some people have done that and it's, it's made certain parts of confessions and, you know, standing in faith. Uh, some people have looked at it kind of funny because some people toy with what with what God has given uh, as a weapon. But again, uh, it's not a rubber lamp genie type of request, but it's for those who know and agree with the heart of God. For those who know the heart of God, as my wife talked about, you know, you know his word, then that's that's an expression of his heart. Yeah. He's communicating his heart. And so when we pray that, we uh, we know and agree with the heart of God. And so, again, we talked about how he's purifying our hearts because uh, what he does to make sure that we stay unleavened, he purifies our hearts to purify our petition. Mm. Yeah. He purifies our hearts to purify our petition, our petition and our request. So uh, and then he's also turning over the soil and we've been you know, we we've talked about repenting and all of that. So he's been turning over turning over the soil so that way we can ask rightly. That's good. We want to be able to ask rightly, not amiss. We want to be able to be an agreement and make declarations and say rightly together. Because the thing you don't want is to be someone that's going to be in agreement with you for the wrong thing. Uh, there was some other, it was another husband and wife in the first century church, Anias and uh, Sapphira. Uh, they got an agreement. They was like, look, we're going to hide this stuff. We know that we're supposed to be giving unto the church right now, but uh, we're just going to kind of hold some stuff back. And then Peter actually had to check him. He was like, look, God revealed this. What are you doing holding back? And then, um, and who's the man? Was it? And then, Ananias. Ananias. And so he dropped dead right in the very presence and they dragged him out. His wife had an opportunity to be able to get it right. And it was like, well, get the wife. And she told the same lie. She agreed with the lie. She agreed with the Ooh. lie. That's why we were like, no, we, we, we're, we're, we're part of covenant. You don't want to agree with the yes. lie. Some people have been agreeing with the lie the because what yeah, the enemy's trying, he's trying to sow discord. And what that discord really is, it's still a form of agreement, but you're agreeing with the wrong thing. Yes. And so what God does, he wants to sow uh, that unity, to sow that oneness. Mm -hmm. And so, again, for it to be, for that whatever to be yours for the asking, again, as my pastor patience mentioned, we want to have a pure heart. But then you got to agree with his instructions. But then here's another thing that I found very interesting, looking back at the text. Agreement with his instructions so you agree with his instructions, one, but then also a part of that, you want to agree with his instructions that come through the church and or the church leadership. Yes. And so, again, this isn't about manipulation or control, but it's about order. And so in the Old Testament, this is how I know that this was uh, something that some people can overlook. But in the Old Testament, the Bible says this. When you go back and look at what we read in Exodus, it says, and the people did as Moses told them. And so as the people did, as Moses told them, then God gave the whole body favor. The whole body. 
Yes. Because they agreed with the man of God who was in agreement with the plan of God and everybody was together in agreement. So favor was able to be released upon everybody. So they agreed with Moses and because of their agreement with in doing what Moses said, then God, then the Lord gave them favor and they said, oh, oh, wow. You agree with what Moses said? Ask for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, you agree with my man? Ask for whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so now even in the New Testament. Even in the New Testament, guess who the church, the local church was praying for? Peter. Yes. Peter was literally uh, given, given keys to the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to bind and, and loosen. And of course, we know that was for the church as well. But God specifically spoke it to Peter. So they were interceding for the man of God. And then... Uh, because because of their heart of agreement for being able to pray, and again, I'm not I'm just I'm just saying that this was just a unique key that I saw here. Uh, because that they were agreeing together, um, then they got whatever they asked. Yeah. Angels showed up in in the prison, but then Peter showed up at their very doors, at their very gates. And so because of their praying in agreement, again, so now thank you, Holy Ghost. I want to get back to that. Some inanimate things had to move because of their agreement. Mm. The gate, the iron gate that was uh, uh, keeping, keeping watch over the city, that was controlling who goes in and, and who goes out, it, can know, it, it had to function according to the prayer. Yeah, their agreement moved it. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Their, their agreement, agreement moved, moved the gate. That yeah. was it. Their yeah. agreement opened the gate. So it says that the gate opened on its own accord, but the accord that it was connected to was the one accord in yes. which the church was praying. Yeah, that's good. Come that's on. Good. That's good. That's Come good. That's on. Good. That's good. So the yeah. gate was, was, it was like, oh, there's some accord going on. Uh, I have to move according to yes. the one accord. Mm. And so... That's the revelation. And so in this season of Unleavened Bread, that's why we want to make sure that, 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 that there is no art amongst anybody. Husbands and wives don't need to have no art. Get that cleaned up right now. Yes. Family members don't need to have any art. So that way your prayers, and let me, matter of fact, the Bible says this for husbands particularly. Dwell with your wives. Dwell with your wives knowledge. according to knowledge. So, so that way your prayers are not hindered. Yes. So you can't be like, God, I need you to do this. But then you, you got issues going on with your wife. And again, we're not talking about marriage, but that just came up right now. Um, and so uh, because that's covenant. And so, again, just to encourage the husbands, look, get it cleaned up. Don't be whatever, whatever with you. Repent, do whatever you need to do. Apologize, keep apologizing, whatever the case may be. So that way your prayers are not hindered. And so when there's one accord, when there's their unity, there's, there's power. Yes. And so, again, I told my wife, I was like, babe, I was like, where are you at? It's like, babe, where are you at? She's like, I'm in the basement. And I just said from the top of the steps to the basement, it's like, babe, it's ours for the asking. Yes. She was like, what'd you say? I said, it's ours for the asking. And then as soon as she heard it the second time, guess what? Faith came. And then she said, it's so ours for the asking. asking. But I've been noticing you've been doing that more. That yeah. when something comes to your mind, you've been saying it out loud. You know, say, let me say this to you right now. What is he doing? He's doing that so I can now come in agreement with what he said. Yep. And we're going to see an acceleration in the manifestation of those things because of, like you said, of the agreement and uh, how it moves things accordingly. Come on. And so our words together are powerful. Now here God spoke to me, um, you know, it's yours for the asking. And again, if, if you receive that, if that just kind of hits your spirit, walk in that. Just make that declaration, but then make sure it's like, man, you know what? Because some of you have some covenant brothers and sisters that you can yes. really lock in prayer with in faith and just let them know. Just like, man, you know what God said is ours for the asking. Woo! And then I just sense right now, when you tell it to them, that's going to jump on their spirit. Oh, it's ours for the asking. That season is open because first fruits comes after this. There's there's mm. there's a feast of weeks. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. We are in a high time right now in the Lord. And so the atmosphere is 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 pregnant uh, or, or the atmosphere is conducive. Yes. But it's looking for the seed of the word to be able to agree. Yeah. So the atmosphere is the, the womb in the spirit realm is open. So it was looking for the seed of God's word to be able to be released out of our mouth. So that way it can join, it can connect and we can birth forth, you know, some new things, uh, you know, in the spirit realm. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. So again, I want to encourage you. 
uh, war with prayer and agree with the right things. Get on accord with the rightness that God has, has, has in his heart and in his mind. And so if you don't have somebody that you can be, be in agreement with, I'm just praying right now, God, that you just begin to just, because um, uh, you don't, this is the beautiful thing. This in Acts chapter 12, it was a distance, <laughs> meaning they were praying for someone who was not in their presence, yes. but still the results uh, were able to take place. So the person, you don't have to be necessarily physically next to each other to be in agreement. That's what I love about agreement. It knows no bounds. Yes. It's something that's spiritual that God has established. So when, when you get in agreement, it is so powerful. So I just believe even in this season, there's going to be some gates that, that, are, go, that are going to have to open according to uh, what it is that you're praying in faith with other people. And then I also just believe that, again, not just this very moment, but this just a, a season um, that's being conducive for us to be able to ask for silver, gold, clo clothing. In other words, to be able to name your price on some things. Yeah. That God will be establishing favor for people that have unleavened lives. Mm. That have unleavened lives that are not rising up in pride and, and, and fear and, and, and things of that nature. That stuff is just cast out. It's burned up. It, it, just, it just can't stay in this season. No, 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 no. And then uh, because we know uh, all, all of the feasts, they point to Christ. And so Jesus is the one that has established this. And he's the one that says, hey, you know what? Even if you got a little bit of faith. Mustard seed. Mustard seed. Man, you could say to this mountain. And, and guess what? Again, another inanimate object as an illustration. You say to this mountain and this mountain is going to have to be in agreement with what it is that you're saying. It's the authority that he's given us. It's that authority. Yeah. It's that authority. So again, but that's not what we toy with. So we don't just say stuff just to be like, oh, whatever. But no, it's like, God, I, I say this with your heart, you know, as your representative. And as the Bible also says, as Christ was on earth, so are we now. Amen. Hmm. Glory to God. So again, it is yours for the asking. It is yours for the asking. Yes. And I just want to pray for those because, uh, again, this is where I was going with that. For those that might not have a covenant partner uh, relationally, even as a friendship, uh, we, we just want to be in agreement uh, because even before we even knew each other, we had covenant friends yes. who are still covenant friends uh, you know, with us today yes. that could be in agreement with us in faith, that could check us. Hold us accountable. Yeah, hold us accountable. Yeah. <laughs> that could hold us accountable if... if if they notice some leaven in our lives, like, hey, you know what? You might want to get that right. That's right. You got to give people on earth permission to be able to do that. Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, God has. So we want to be in agreement with you, you know, in, in that regards for that. So, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus um, for uh, those brothers and sisters that are streaming live right now. God, that might not have a covenant friendship, that might not have a covenant partner to be in agreement with. Father, we just agree right now, um, Lord, that it could take place even through social media or whatever the case may be, God, that you just begin to orchestrate, that you begin to orchestrate those relationships in the name of Jesus. And for those that might, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just even, I'll, I just feel impressed to say this, even for those that don't have a church home. Uh, now, I've never done this, but I just feel impressed to do this right now. You could connect with us online. <laughs> if you if you're in another area, uh, you could still connect with us. As a matter of fact, we do have a couple of members that that live in a different state, uh, but they still consider themselves members of Abounding Grace, and they and they lock in with the messages. And if they're able to come up for certain events, they do so. Uh, but they so, and we pray and we communicate and, and the whole nine. So. Uh, I, I, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be us, but you know, we just we just pray, we just agree right now that you just are able to find people that that church that we see in Acts chapter twelve, that local body, that congregation of people that you can connect with, that can pray specifically, yeah. that know you, that know your issues, that know something that you might that might be held captive or whatever the case may be. And can speak in agreement on that regards, Father. We agree right now for orchestrating those relationships, those divine relationships in the name of Jesus. God, and we just pray for people's hearts. Uh, this is another thing I want to pray for people's hearts, God, just to be able to see the flow, um, the order of how you just even orchestrated things in the body. So that way, uh, just another dimension of favor can be released 
in, 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 in the corporate body, in corporate agreement. Because uh, uh, the body of Christ is a body for a reason. No one's supposed to be an isolated soldier. Uh, God, so I thank you, Lord, for the cell groups in the body of Christ coming together and for breakthrough and deliverance. God, you said whatever we ask on so many occasions. Yes. You said whatever we ask. So we just thank you, Lord, uh, for this in particular. And I don't know if there's anything else that's no, just, hard to pray out. Um, just for say. the joy to be released in prayer. Because yeah. remember, it's a petition to your Heavenly Father. And He wants to hear from you. He knows what we have need of before we ask, but yet He still asks us. So God, I just even release the grace, God, to ask. Because I know sometimes pride can get in a way where we, we, don't, we don't ask um, what we need. But Lord, I'm asking that they come to you like little children, God. Um, coming before their Heavenly Father. And that you will present all that you are to them in this season. Father, I think that you will even give them the words to say, God, you told us to ask, to seek, to knock, and the door would be open. So, Lord, I just thank you for the joy um, in, in seeking your face, the joy in asking you for the little things, the joy for asking you in the big things. And, Lord, I thank you as a good father, Lord, that you are providing for your children. Mm -hmm. And so, Father, we come in agreement with your will, God. We thank you again as um, Pastor was uh, uh, ministering about just purifying our hearts so that even our petitions, God, can be made rightly before you. So God, I thank you for even causing their thoughts to become agreeable with your will. <laughs> so that the plans that you're giving them in this season, Lord, may be established and succeed. And so God, we thank you right now for what you're doing in, through, and for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.